Wow. Wow. Darling of heaven crucified. What a great line. Thank you, team, and thank you each for, for, for your worship. I want to ask you to take your Bibles today and turn uh, to Exodus, the 12th chapter. That's um, second book of your Bible after Genesis, and um, going to be, be there through most of our text today. And as we're continuing to walk through this series, that it's nothing but the blood. You know, the, again, the, if you look at the papers, look at the internet, boy, you, it's uh, very easy to sum, come to the summation, our world is absolutely falling apart. And um, in some ways you think, well, people have lost their mind. It's easy to to really begin to, to run into a hole and say, well, what's the use? But folks, let me tell you, Christ is still on his throne. And he's a risen Christ. He's a living Christ. And he came to pay for the sins of mankind. And, and um, regardless of the age, regardless of the people, regardless of the problems, that folks, it's still the blood, it's still the blood that redeems man from the penalty other sins. And you need to be excited about that. It always has been. It always will be. And um, we want to continue on in our study. As we, 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 we started in the garden and we've worked through that even when Adam and Eve have sinned and, and, and they did like all men do and they, they were ashamed of their sin that they tried to cover it by themselves and, and their covering would not do so God, God killed an innocent animal and made them clothing. The innocent was slaughtered that our sins may be covered. Folks, it's, it was that way in the garden. It's that way even today. And as we've walked through today, we're going to see a, another beautiful picture of where in the Old Testament we can see a picture of Jesus Christ. This is in an area called the Passover. Um, and um, as a matter of fact, even as we shared in the Lord's Supper this morning, this was the night that the, the, the Lord's Supper was was celebrated by Jesus Christ and he instituted it. That was the night that they celebrated the Passover of what we'll be studying today. That's how important of a, a, an event that it was. You know, we think about the birth of Jesus Christ. I think it's pretty, pretty amazing that when we think about the birth of Jesus Christ, you know how important that date was because later that the very calendar, the Gregorian calendar and, and the calendar that's used by most of the world today um, was, was, was established according to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that pretty neat? You, you, you know, well, Jesus wasn't just a good guy. I mean, he claims, folks, he was such a different person that changed the world in such a way that our very calendar, our very calendar was established by the event of his birth. And so you have to perk your ears up and think, that must have been a pretty important event. We're going to look at another event today that also changed the calendar, and it's the event called the Passover. And if you have your Bibles and you've, you've turned to Exodus, the, uh, the 12th chapter, let's all stand to read. And we're going to read verses 1 through 13. We'll be looking at some other verses. We'll try to work on through this as, just as, as, as quickly as we can. Exodus, uh, the, the 12th chapter, starting in verse 1. 
have you have to understand the children of Israel had been in bondage for, um, for almost 430 years. And um, it was time for that God would deliver his people, and the time was now. And listen to what happened. And the word of God teaches us in verse 1, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according, according to Eaton shall, shall make your count of the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two sides of the post and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat, not, eat it not raw, nor sodden all with water, means boiled with water, but roasted with fire, his, his head and his legs, and with the pertness thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning shall you burn with fire. Thus you shall eat of it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and the beast, and, all, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when you see the blood, oh, or when I see the blood, folks, I would underline that, I would circle that, and that when, when God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Man, when I see the blood. Boy, that, that'd make a song, Pondy. You need, to, you need to jump on that, huh? Well, write it again, man. Oh, Father, Lord, we love you. And God, we, we just praise you, Lord. And, and God, we just thank you for your word that reminds us, dear Father, of uh, the truth, dear Father, of what hath occurred long before us, Lord, but God, that you still reign. And Father, I want to thank you that, Lord, that, um, that God, you visit us in times such as these, just like within the time of Moses and the children of Israel. Father, what I pray today, that God, that you'd set people free, that God, that you'd deliver them from bondage, that God, that this will be a time within their lives, that God, that today, that they'll never forget that and always bring the remembrance today, Lord. We love you, Lord, and God, we praise you in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Wow. You know, bondage is a, is, is, is a terrible, terrible thing. And the Israelites knew it quite well. As a matter of fact, they had been in Egypt, and most of that time, for some 430 years, they had found themselves as slaves in Egypt. Just think about it, the, the generation that Moses was speaking to, that's all they ever knew within their life. 
when they were born, they were born into bondage. They were born into slavery. And as they grew up as children, they, 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 they were slaves. And as they went to teenagers, they were still slaves. And, and even in, in adulthood, all they had ever known was bondage. And the Word of God teaches us that they, they, they cried out to their God, and a God that they did not even know His name. But they knew that, that where they were within this life was not what God had, had for them, and they cried out and praised God. The Word of God says God heard their voice. Man, I love that verse in Romans that says in such a simple way, For who shall ever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved shall be delivered. And that does not mean just speaking a, a word with our lip, but deep within our heart, deep within our gut, deep within our bosom, that we cry out and say, God, we need you, and if you don't help us, we can't be helped. The Word of God says, he heard their cries, and he sent his man, a man by the name of, by the name of Moses, a man who delivered them from the bondage that they had known all of their lives. A man who is, who is, to be frank with you, he was a man like you and me, although he, he had been brought up in, the, in Pharaoh's home himself, but he was scared to death. He made excuses when God called him that, God, I don't speak well, or God, I don't even know your name. Basically, God sends someone else. He knew the, 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 the task that was before him, but God says, no, you're my man, and I'll give you whatever you need. Moses went into that, went into the Pharaoh's palace and in the name of God said, let my people go. Pharaoh just laughed at him. Just laughed at him. Who are you to come into me, the king, and tell me to let your people go? And so over a series of nine events, God sent plagues on Pharaoh and on Egypt. God has, was giving Pharaoh a warning that I am the God of heavens. I am the God of the earth. I am the God that all power rests in my hands. But the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then when it came down to it, God was going to send one more plague. A plague where he would bring judgment on Israel, I mean on, on Egypt. But as a plague, before he sent that plague, he, he, he sent out a message into his people. Prepare a time called Passover. And this time was so important to the nation of Israel or to the people of Israel. God says it's going to be so important in your history, I'm going to get you to set your calendar on it. Again, a very important time. It was a special time, a time that God himself had established. It's going to be a time of new beginnings. And I want us to stop this day, and I want us just to read through the Passover account, and, and, and I think it will speak to us very much in, in just the reading of the word, but I pray that God will speak to your heart. Because you know what I believe today? I believe there's people right within my voice that you need a time of new beginnings. 
that you're in a point that you have cried out to God and you're saying, God, I'm miserable, I'm in bondage, I have, I, 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 I'm in bondage within this relationship, I'm in bondage within, um, within my own temptations, I'm in, I'm in bondage economically, and um, God, I'm in bondage spiritually, and God, I need you to step in. Because maybe today, today will be the new beginnings for you. So let's just look what, what the Word of God said. That First of all, at the Passover, that was the time of, of new beginnings when he says, And the Lord spake unto Mo, uh, Moses and to Aaron in the land of Egypt, The month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. God says, I'm changing the entire Jewish calendar to meet with this event. As a matter of fact, the beginning of the Jewish calendar used to begin in and, and, and what we would think of as September, but now he says, I'm changing it. To, to maybe what we understand is the middle of March. Into a, and he says, I'll call the month Nisan. Because God wants you to, me to, you to remember that this is a new time in your life. Man, I like that, folks. Because when God comes, God makes all things new. As a matter of fact, that's what Jesus Christ had proclaimed, that then I'll make all things new. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. God does not just, uh, just clean us up. He makes us new in him. And that's what God is saying to the people of Israel. This is going to be a new time in the nation of Israel that you can look back and say there's never been a time like that. I ask you today, do you need a time of new beginnings? But you know that with any time that when you walk into newness, whenever there's a time that you, be, you begin something new, there's, a, there's great cost involved with that. There's much change that has to occur within your life. There's sacrifices that you're going to have to make to begin to enjoy that, those new times within your life. Well, I was thinking about this that I was thinking about many years ago. As a matter of fact, it was about almost 38 years ago when the day that my wife and I, Wanda Sue and I, was married. Folks, I was just crazy in love. I couldn't wait to get, get married. And still am. Yeah, I don't want to use that in past tense. I don't want to make that in the perfect present. It just keeps on going on. But, you know, as fired up as I was, I, I remember walking out of my mom and dad's house. I, I remember this was just like yesterday. My, my car was parked out near the street. I, yeah, I'd had all my outfit on. I looked like John Travolta, you know, and that. And um, all those bell bottoms and, and that and, and, and heading to my car. And I, I remember almost getting to my car, but then I looked back. Because I was about to start a new life with my wife but things were really going to change forever because I would have to break away from my mom and dad and would need to cling to my wife and so as much as I love my mom and dad and I knew that and I love them dearly but I knew that my relationship with them would be changed forever but it was worth the price there was a later time within my life when I was not where I should be in the Lord and I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
that God brought me to a point of repentance within my life. And I remember that time of, of getting on my face before the Lord and crying out to God. And just like I cried out to God, God, I need you. And I told God, God, I'm sick and tired of him. I'm sick and tired and I need you to come into my life. And, and if I have to lose every friend I have, that's what I'll do. But I, God, I want you to walk with me from now on. You see, I was ready for change. I was ready for something new within my life. And sure enough, it came at a great sacrifice because sure enough, I had to move those old friends out of my life so that I could begin to walk where God wanted me to walk. See, that change in my life, which is absolutely to the better, where absolutely I could begin to, to, to drink of the fruit of the Lamb, it had to come by the sacrifice of, of sacrificing some things that were around me. Folks, anytime change comes in our life, anytime something new comes into our life, it's going to cost you something. There's going to be a sacrifice with involved with that, and that's what God was telling the pe people of Israel. Before, you, before I bring this new time into your life, there must be a sacrifice. And look what the Word of God says in verses 3 to 11. He says, speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth, they have this month, they shall take them, every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Folks, this speaks about family here. This wasn't one lamb, it was a lamb for every house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him, let him and his neighbor next to his house take of it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Every man. This is not for one of us or two of you. It's for every person. Your lamb should be without blemish. What does that remind you of? That, that should remind us of a sinless Christ. A male of the first year, you shall take from the sheep or the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. You need to bring that lamb into your home, and you'll keep that lamb with you, part of your family, for four days. He says, and the whole assembly on the, in the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the, on, on the two side posts in the houses wherein you shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that night, roast it with fire, unleavened bread, when with bitter herbs they shall eat of it. God gave them instructions exactly what you must do. This is the sacrifice that you must take. This is who has to take that sacrifice, and this is what I want you to do with it. First of all, you must understand that he said every household had to take that sacrifice. Every household. And not only, not only every household, but everyone that eats of it, everyone must eat of that. And it must be a sacrifice, it must be a lamb, it must be an unblemished lamb, one that there's no mark on that, the perfect lamb, the one of the first year, the best that you have. And you must take it unto yourself. And on the day that I speak to you on the 14th day, you're going to kill that lamb, you're going to take the blood, and you're going to take that blood and put it on the doorpost, on the side doorpost and on the top doorpost. And after you have eaten that lamb, that you're, to, you're com completely to consume it. And anything that is not consumed, you need to burn it. It has to be a total, total sacrifice. Wow. There's a lot that goes into that. But first of all, I want to tell you, folks, this is for every one of you. It's for every person of Israel. If you want to walk in the newness of life, if you want to walk in the beginning of a new life, 
you must make the decision. Your husband can't make it for you. Your wife can't make it for you. Moms and dads, you can't make it for your children as much as you want it. They have to make that decision. They're the ones that's going to have to take of the lamb, and they're going to have to consume it, and it's going to have to be totally consumed. See, today, one of the great problems with American Christianity is we want a little bit of Jesus, please. We don't want the whole thing. We don't want just a, 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 we don't want too much of Jesus that's going to totally change my life. But what he says, you need to consume the whole thing, and what's, what you haven't been able to consume because it's too much for you, you need to burn it, which means it has to be a total offering unto you. Folks, this little bit of Jesus will send you straight to hell. Because many people knew about Jesus. Knew many, many people rubbed um, shoulders with Jesus. Many people called him Lord, Lord, but they never knew him. To take Jesus Christ, you have to take him all. And that's what, that's what this picture is to the, to the people of Israel. You need to take this lamb within your home. You need to recognize there's a difference about that lamb. You need to cover yourself with the blood of the lamb, and you need to take him all to yourself the whole thing. You see, the Passover was a time of obedient sacrifice. God says, you do it my way. You can't do it your way. You do it your, my way. But something else about the Passover that reminds us, that gives us a picture of this time of new beginning. And, and folks, you need to hear this. Look what it says in verse 12. It, it says these words. He says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Passover is a time of divine judgment. We so much like to think about, and especially again in our, in our modern way of thinking of, of Christianity, all we want to think of is a, is a, is a God in a, some big grandfatherly outfit that all he is is a God of love. Folks, he is a God of love. He is love, but he's a holy God and he's a just God. And because he is a holy God and a just God, because he is a love of God, that means also he must be a God of judgment. He must make all things right. He is fair in all of his dealings. And we are afraid to, to think of God in that way that the Bible says that one day God's going to come back and he's going to judge the living and the dead. That every one of us that are standing here today will stand before the judgment of God one day and we will have to give an account of it for ourselves. You see, you won't have to stand before me, the preacher. Folks, I'll be in the same line that you are. You won't have to stand before Brother Eddie. Or you won't have to stand before Mom and Dad. We're all in the same boat. We'll all stand before a righteous God and who will judge the living and the dead. And folks, that is why within our lives, within our heart, there needs to be a holy fear of a righteous God. God says, I'm a jealous God. And the reason that God is jealous for you and for me because he knows that if we follow anything other than him, it will only lead to our own destruction. God is jealous for our good. And if we choose to reject God and run after those other gods that are going to, um, that's, that's going to um, bring us into, into, into destruction, that God will judge us for that. And, he, and I think it's very interesting that he says he's even going to judge the Egyptian gods. 
Let's make it clear, folks. Everyone that's under my voice right now, you will stand before a judging God one day. He is the God of love. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. He loves you so much that he'll always do that which is right into your life. And, and folks, he would not be a just God if he did not bring judgment against that which is evil. See, that's one of the great joys that I have as a believer in Jesus Christ. If someone comes against me or someone hurts me, that God, God told me not to judge that person. God told me not to bring vengeance on that person because God had told me that, that he is the judge and he's the God of vengeance. And that I know within my heart that that person will pay their price one day if they have not made it right with God themselves. I don't have to be the judge because God himself. See, Passover was a picture of divine judgment on the people of Egypt. They, Pharaoh laughed at God. They mocked God that he, he held God's people into bondage. He shook his fist at God. One old preacher said that, you know, payday will be someday. And this Passover was when payday. I, I think it's very, very interesting that when he says that he's going he's to send his death angel in, they will, go, they will take the firstborn uh, of, of, of every family, the firstborn of even the beast, that, that within that culture, the, fir, the, the firstborn was the very backbone of the people. It was the very firstborn that would... That, that, that would um, that would lead to daddy's business. It was a firstborn that would dad would pass over all his business and all his the leadership. But God knew that when he when he killed the firstborn, that he would be stripping the very heart, the economic heart, the political part, the spiritual part, right out of the nation. He knew that he would cripple the nation that was holding his people in bondage. Passover is a time of judgment. Folks, when we just had an opportunity a few moments ago of taking of the, the bread and the cup, the bread representing the broken body of Jesus Christ and the, and the cup representing the blood of Jesus Christ, that was a picture of judgment where God placed his judgment upon his own son on our behalf. The very reason Jesus Christ died for you because God is a judging God. And it was Jesus that took our judgment for us. And Passover is a picture of that where, where we see that, that although that God is a, that Passover is a picture of divine judgment, but also Passover is a picture of divine protection or provision. Because in verse 13, he says these words, And the blood shall be for you a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And plague, the plague shall not come upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. But you know what God was telling them? That I'm going to bring judgment upon this land. But I've made a provision for you. And that provision was that lamb, that spotless lamb, that lamb without blemish that you brought into your house. That provision for you was that, that blood that you took and you, you placed it on your, on, on your lintel board. And that night when I send my judging angel into this, into this land, 
that when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Wow. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. But folks, for those who are under the blood of Jesus Christ, God says, I will pass over you. Is that a great God or not? It's not because of your blood. It was because of the blood of the lamb that was slain. It was because of your obedience and your faith that that, that sacrifice that God told me to, to make, that God would provide for me. Folks, that's what Passover is. That when I see the blood, I will pass over. That although we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, although the the Bible teaches us the wages of sin is death, eternal judgment uh, apart from God, but the Bible says God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave us his unblemished lamb. And our faith must be in him and him alone. But it's not only that he will protect us from the judgment of God, but also he will, he will, Passover reveals to us that there's a supernatural deliverance. I love this part in verse 29. If you drop down to verse 29, you read these words. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote. He did just what he said. He smote the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that um, on, from on his throne and to the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night and he and all of his servants and, and all the Egyptians, there was a great cry in Egypt. And there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron and said, Rise up, get, get you forth from among my people, both you and your children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord you have said and take, take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone. Get out of here. I want you out of here. I don't want you to, around. I don't, even, I don't even want to smell a Jew anymore. But he says, can you bless me when you go? But listen, it doesn't stop here. It says the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land of haste, for they said, we, we shall all be dead men. And the people took their dough before it was, le- uh, before it was leavened, their um, kneading troughs being bound in their clothes and their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of, of silver, jewels of gold, and ram cup. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required and they spoiled the Egyptians. You know what this is saying? Not only did God let his people go, but they spoiled the Egyptians. This was like a, an idea of a conquering nation that came in and robbed the, the, the nation being conquered of, of all their gold and all their silver. Egypt turned from being the conquering nation in a supernatural way that they were the conquered when God showed up. And not only the people d- delivered physically from bondage, but God blessed them in a great and a mighty way. He gave them riches. But isn't that just like Jesus Christ? The Bible says that Jesus said, 
I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. God says, I'm not going to send you out empty-handed. I'm going to provide for you. And from my glory, from my, I'm going to make you rich. We serve a great and mighty God. And, and so God, in a super, it had to be a supernatural way. How could a group of people who were in bondage with no say for themselves, with no ability to fight for themselves, under the most powerful king in all the world that had never found freedom apart from a supernatural God that come in and changed their lives and changed their circumstances. And not only, they didn't have to slip out, they were begged to leave and take everything you want. So, folks, we serve a supernatural God. Don't you ever forget that. He's not, a, he, he, he's not a God of our imaginations. or he's, not, he's just not some winsome thought. He is a supernatural God that can change things in one night. And then, and then finally, Passover is a time of continual remembrance because, because God had told them in, in verse 14, and this day shall be unto you a memorial and you shall keep a feast of the Lord throughout your generations that you can keep a feast by ordination for ordinance forever. God says you need to remember this time. He, he, he gave them the instructions how to do that. But I'm, look down at verse 25 and 27 because he gave specific reason why. In verse 25 he says, And it shall come to pass when you shall come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he has promised that you shall keep his service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What do you mean by this service? that you shall say it is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed down their head and worshiped. This is a way that not only will you remember it, but you can teach it to your children in years to come. You know what's so sad that many times things happen in our life? Do you remember when you first got saved, when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ, how fired up you was? And Man, you were just a burning machine for Jesus Christ. But over time, you kind of forgot about it. The fire left you. That's why we always have to come back to the cross. That's why we always have to come back to the Lord's Supper. That's, that's all we, why we always have to come back to the blood, because we can, should never forget what Jesus Christ has done for us. Folks, it's all about the blood. It's all about the sacrifice that was made about where God brought us from darkness and he, he brought us into life. And, and as I close today, I just ask some, some specific applications. Now I, say, I want to tell you that God has a new beginning for every one of you today. It does not matter where you are. It doesn't matter what type of bondages you have fought in the past, that God wants to start something new in your life today. I'm asking you today to come to Jesus Christ. God also has offered a perfect sacrifice for you. His name is Jesus Christ. He came to die in your stead on your behalf. But you must obediently come to Jesus Christ. But as many as received him gives him the right to become the children of God. God has offered the sacrifice, but you must receive him. When God spoke to the people of Israel and said, this is what I want you to do, if they had a backed off, laughed at God, and, and, um, then they would have been a part of the judgment of God. But you must receive him. You must bring him into your house. You must totally take of him, just like the Israelite people did. Folks, there's no other way to a new life than through Jesus Christ.
you must come to Jesus. Because God's going to judge everyone one day. You can scoff at it. You can laugh at it. Because, but let me tell you, God's going to judge you one day. And I challenge you to do something about that. But he will protect those who's under the blood. He will deliver you in a supernatural way from all of your bondages. And we'll never forget what he's done. As I close today, I ask you, has the Holy Spirit spoken to your heart? Have you come in here today and it just everything else holds you in bondage? God has a new day for you, but it comes only through Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we're going to stand, we're going to have a time. This is a time of invitation where I'm going to invite you to come. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. First of all, there's some of you today that you've already met Jesus. That you've, already, that, that you've already come and said, God, I believe that you died for me. You was buried. You rose again on the third day. But, but Lord, I've, I've slipped in my remembrance. I need, I need to just come and for a new day and bow down at the altar and say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. You may just want to come and worship him today. You may want to come pray to him. But I, I know that in a group this size, there's some of you today that needs a new beginning in your life. Maybe you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Maybe you're in a situation you think, I can't get out of this. Guess what? Maybe you can't, but there's a supernatural God that can empower you to help you to overcome anything. But you must do it his way. You must do it through Jesus Christ. Would you come today and let someone talk to you about that? Would you just be honest with yourself and honest with God? And I'll meet you right here, or Pastor Nathaniel, or Brother Eddie, Pastor Eddie, I'd meet you right here. We'd be glad to talk to you, point you to Jesus Christ. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? I'm asking you to come to Jesus. Well, Father, you bless this time. And, Father, I just pray that you would just move in a, in a supernatural way. God, let us realize that we serve a great God, that, God, that you can make all things new. So, Father, bless this time. Change lives, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen.